Hello and welcome to this episode of Grazia Beauty Life Lessons. I'm Jolie, Grazia's Head of Beauty, and in this podcast, I chat to beauty experts, influencers, and celebrities about their five best pieces of beauty and well-being advice. From makeup to hair, skincare to self-care, we get all of the top tips, stellar advice, and brilliant product recommendations. Subscribe now so you do not miss an episode. Today's guest is BBC Glow Up Season 1 winner, Ellis Atlantis. Ellis tells us about the experiences that have shaped them. They hired me, they gave me the job, and I got to work on the counter for when it launched in the UK on Harvey Nichols. And that's what really shaped me because every single day, I saw every type of human being that we see in the world today. As well as giving us a look behind the scenes on Glow Up. The audition process for Glow Up was really rocky, like I stormed out of one of the audition parts. And talks about the importance of knowing your boundaries. Yeah, and the best investment you can make is in yourself, because I can always tell that when I'm working, if I'm run down or I'm in need of a break, I'm slower so if I'm rhinestoning some shoes or a wig for a look, I'll be taking longer to do it because I just can't mentally keep myself in the zone. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. Really good. I'm set up, ready for this day. It's kind of gloomy here in Manchester, but we move. We move, we groove, even though it's January when we are recording this. Oh, good, good. Glad to hear that you are good. And thank you again for coming on the podcast. I am very excited to get all of your best beauty advice and chat through some of your favorite products as well. But before we jump into that, I just wanted to start by asking about your beauty vibe in general. So tell me, what is your beauty cover like? I no doubt got tons and tons of makeup, but is your skincare cabinet crammed as well? What is your kind of vibe to to store in products oh yeah so to be fair i used to be really really bad like you probably would have seen me on like an episode of hoarders with the amount of products i used to keep and then i really just kind of sat down and was like you know what like this is not helping anyone i don't need all of this so i really sat down and anything that i haven't or haven't used within a three-month period i gift to friends or I don't keep so like I have a nice little section in my bathroom and then everything else is locked away in my filming studio to make sure that like I don't see it every day because I really like the separation of my work life versus my everyday life that's a great idea as well I feel like I need to do that like if you do not use something cleanse I'm such a hoarder I keep so much oh my god it needs to be done like obviously there's a few things you break the rules for face washes face exfoliants like good serums if you get them like in bulk but for the most part like do you really need that green eyeshadow from three months ago that you've never really used probably not it's gotta go it's time to go okay good piece of advice so we'll jump into your five pieces of beauty advice now and obviously we have to kick things off with makeup so tell me what is the best piece of makeup advice that you have ever been given or that you have to give the best piece of advice which I think fits to whether you're scared of makeup, you're wanting to try new things, whether you've been in the industry for a million years or a month, is it's just makeup, it washes off. Because I think so many people are so scared of like a blue eyeshadow or a crazy cheek blush or a lipstick. But what they don't realize is like it literally just washes off. So it's not harming you, it's not harming anyone. So like when I was a child and I was like, 
exploring the idea of who I was and I would like try my mum's mascara and then oh my god I need to wash it off like it just washes off so like you literally can try it see how it goes get rid of it if it's not right like it's as easy as that so just getting more experimental with what you try and trying things outside of your comfort zone as well yeah because there's been so many times where I've done a makeup look and I was like, oh, I'll just like change the angle of the eye shape. And then when I finished it, I've been like, oh, wow. Like, I love how it went. And it was all through like just being experimental. And I think that's how you grow and evolve as a makeup artist or as a person generally is you learn, you try, you evolve, you learn, you try, you evolve. And you keep what you want, discard what you don't want. And then you just keep cycling through all this sources of inspiration and trial and error, I guess. Yeah, I love that. And when you are doing a makeup, you said then with the eyes, do you always know where it's going to go or do you go off on completely different tangents? Like what's your kind of process with planning a makeup look? When I first started doing makeup, I started by doing drag. Like I was a drag queen and I started doing drag. My idea with that was every time I got into drag, my makeup had to look different, but not just different as in it was the same shape, but a different color. My idea was if I was to turn every makeup look I'd done into a black and white image, they all would have to look different. And I think people do a cut crease in blue and then think, oh, I've done another one and it's brand new because I did it in pink. Mm. But it's just the same makeup in a different color. So by turning all your looks into a black and white image, you have to physically be able to see different shapes and different textures and style lines and everything like like It has to look different in the black and white. So I think... For me, it's just, it started out as this change everything to develop more skills, to challenge myself. Now, my mind is obsessed with makeup and fashion and drag. So I see a wig and then I'm like, oh my God, that wig. And then I'll pair it with this eyeshadow and then this lip. And then the look's complete, you know? Yeah. It's like a catalog in my brain of everything I've ever done or seen and my mind is like a mini me in my head flicking through this like picture gallery and I'm like, oh my God, right, wig, done. Eyes, check. Lips, check. And then it all just comes together and then I'm like, oh, there we go. And then once I've finished a look, I'll like look in the mirror, I'll start shooting it and from different angles and I'll be like, oh, I might need to add a bit more power to the cheek or knock back the contour a little bit. But for the most part, that's how it starts and finishes, Yeah. Also, I love it. You're so passionate about it. And I can see it. I know this is on audio, but you're so excited about it. How amazing to be so excited about your job and the thing that you do. So I was raised by my mum and my nan. And my nan's a real creative. And she always said to me, if you love the job that you do, you will never work a day in your life. And I don't feel like I have ever worked since I've been doing this because I just wake up and like, obviously the people listening to this won't be able to see this, but like I have an iPad, which has like this program on it. And it's literally just filled with pages and pages of like all my designs that are all like ready to go. So like, and every time I'm feeling inspired, I just whip out my mechanical pencil, my iPad, and I just sketch away like, and create like the most crazy elaborate designs and I just love it so much. And what was your journey into makeup? Can you just explain to people how you got started and obviously with Glow Up and your kind of career thus far in makeup? Yeah, so like the first ever kind of step into makeup was my uncle was dating a makeup artist 
and she we had like her day at school and I was in like year 11 and it was like fancy dress and I wanted to go as like a leopard so she came over filled in my eyebrows and put leopard print on my face and that was it good to go but when I got home I removed the leopard print and kept the eyebrows on because I'm naturally blonde my eyebrows are non-existent really my eyelashes are non-existent and I really loved how the eyebrow like defined my face that was like my first introduction with it obviously trying on mum's mascara like when she was out like that kind of thing but I moved to London to study fashion design and we had no money we were students and we needed the models to have makeup for the runways and I was like I can do that I couldn't do that but I told everyone I could and we did the makeup for the models for the runway show and I just realized that I wanted to be doing the models makeup rather than making the clothes for the models to go down the runway fell into drag because people there's a lot of in london and there's a lot of people out there who are doing it and you also most need something that sets you apart and drag wasn't as mainstream as it was now as it was when i first started and drag just got me seen and heard and people allowed you to be that crazy as a drag queen so they accepted it and they liked it versus as a boy they just think you're over the top and too much too camp or too whatever whereas in drag it's like they respect the power that you have when you're in drag and it allowed me just to communicate my art form I guess and then from there how did it progress and with the show and to kind of where you where you are now so a a quick summary of that is just working in drag in the clubs and it wasn't getting me where I wanted my Instagram was slowly growing and I was doing the makeup looks for Instagram but I wanted more. I wanted to be more involved in makeup. So I, my friend was the manager at Makeup Forever in Debenhams. And she got me a part-time position at Debenhams. So I would work at Debenhams on Makeup Forever, like doing the makeup, etc. And then a woman who I really, really liked, and she worked on a makeup account, and she was an older woman. And she just really understood me. And she was like, you shouldn't work here. Like, this is too pedestrian. There's a brand new brand opening in Harvey Nichols and I want you to go and apply for it like I know the manager of it like you need to do it and I was like they're never gonna hire me in Harvey Nichols like I dress crazy I don't look like I should be in a luxury department store and the brand was Fenty Beauty and they hired me they gave me the job and I got to work on the counter for when it launched in the UK on Harvey Nichols and that's what really shaped me because every single day I saw every type of human being that we see in the world today there wasn't a single age range complexion gender category that like i didn't get to experience and enjoy and glow up came around and i had all this experience from the counter and i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna go for it i'm gonna do it the audition process for glow up was really rocky like i stormed out of one of the audition parts because i was like i don't want to do this like it's not for me And my partner at the time was like, no, like, get back in there, like, do it. And then I got cast, we filmed the show, and then I won it. And I was like, whoa, 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 like, like, how did this even happen? You know what I mean? Like, it was so bizarre, but like, yeah, I wouldn't change anything. Did it happen in the blink of an eye? Did it feel like it all went really quickly? Yeah, because the show, I'm going to be really honest, and some people might listen to this and be like, whatever, or they might agree with it, but... When you genuinely love something, it's never a challenge. You just fit in, adapt, and go with it. And 
there wasn't a single challenge on glow up that I struggled with. Like the judges always said that my technique was always there, but the thing that they missed was my ideas. They didn't like them. They didn't say my makeup was bad, but it's like, ah, you go to a museum. I might like the Mona Lisa over there and you might like Picasso over there. Picasso. (laughs) Yeah. We might not both like them, but you like one and that makes you happy. And I like this and it makes me happy. You can't always like someone's idea. And that's the only thing on Globe I struggled with was like sometimes the judges didn't like the way I would express my art form on somebody's face. But there is no wrong idea. There is not. Yeah. Makeup has no rules. Do what you want. And it wasn't until about like halfway through, I remember, you know, like speaking with Valen we were doing jobs like after the show and she was like, I could really see at one point, like how you work and where it was coming from. And it almost made me understand what you were trying to get across more, which made me understand like Ellis's world of makeup. Mm-hmm. Cause it's so personal and so individual. And yeah. like you say, what makeup is and make is makeup's there to make you feel good or to make you feel good when you're doing it and to express yourself. A hundred percent. And whether it's a one eyeshadow washed over the lid or it's me going out in blue face, neon green eyeshadow, it's all the same message. It's I'm expressing myself or I'm making myself feel the way I want to feel, which is basically empowered. And that's all makeup is to me. Like it just empowers me to empower myself or it empowers me to empower other humans when I do their makeup. And that's why I love it so much. Love it. And what would you say the kind of the most transformative products in your kit are if you had to just kind of choose three favorites that you are loving right now? This will like shock someone, but like I do crazy makeup looks, but, and this is key, you are only as good as your skin prep. I think if you don't have the best skin prep, then the makeup is never going to shine as much as it would do. For me, I always have to have a really good skin prep and a really good skin base. And three products for skin that I've been using religiously is the Milk Makeup Hydro Grip Primer. This stuff is like super glue for the face. It works on dry skin, oily skin, combination skin. You just pat that in and my makeup will be on for 12 hours when I'm on set shooting and it does not move like ever. If I want to be fresh and I want the makeup just to melt into my skin, Glow Recipe Dewdrops are another one. They are incredible. I always just like put it on my fingers, tap into the high points of my face and around my forehead and then work the rest in. And that just makes the makeup melt into your skin. It's also like a little bit into your foundation and buff in on a light foundation day. It's beautiful. And then if I'm ever feeling... I have really dry skin. So if I'm ever feeling extra dry and extra in need of TLC, Fresh Beauty Deep Hydration Rose Oil Infused Serum. It's a lot, but it's like this glass bottle and it's basically made with like rose petals and it's a serum, but it's more heavy duty because it's an oil and serum in once you shake the bottle, rub it into your palms and press it in. It smells like the most beautiful bunch of flowers, but it's not like a a forced artificial scent it's just like a really nice wholesome scent fresh yeah and it just makes your skin look and feel amazing i don't do a single makeup look without those three 
Okay, I need to get those three. That sounds like the perfect trio. Honestly, and I always say this as well, like, again, it works for me, it might not work for you. And no matter what product I mention while we speak today, it's never a, you need to buy this. It's a, it works for me, Mm. period. If you want to try it, do, but try it at your own will. I'm not telling you to buy it. I'm not telling you to use it. I'm just saying it works for me. My skin looks good. Though I'm happy. Happy days. We've touched on it already, but my second question that I was going to ask is your best skincare advice. Do you have anything else to add other than prep? Is there anything that you do in your day routine that's maybe not makeup based or that could be potentially treatment based? Yeah. So I think skin hygiene is very important. Like I don't think people wash their skin enough. And a lot of the time skin gets congested and you get breakouts and texture because you're not really washing your skin enough so like every morning I wash my skin and I'm I'm not like a you must use this face wash there's a couple I use like Earl Henriksen Truth Juice Vitamin C Brilliant Soy Cleanser from Fresh Beauty again another one that I love Fenty Skin their face wash again another one all just really good staples to clean the skin but on a night time, you want to, instead of you do the face wash in the morning, then on a night time, you want to use a cleansing oil. So the DHC cleansing oil is the best. It removes all my drag makeup, my everyday makeup. It removes any impurities from the day. You do that first, wash that off, then wash again with your face wash, and you will have the most freshest, cleanest canvas that all the skincare can then really penetrate and just soak into the clean skin. So my tip would be, wash your skin just really clean the skin a simple tip but so important like we can spend so much money on serums and masks and this but if our skin's not clean like you say you're not going to get half of the benefits from those products no you're really not because like if you've got makeup and you take it off with a baby wipe like the baby wipe's not extracting everything from the paw then you're trying to put skincare on and the paws you know they have residue and everything in there like so it's just not going to work like Hygiene is important, but hygiene is important across the board, whether it's cleaning your skin, down to cleaning your makeup brushes, down to cleaning your makeup products. Like hygiene is so important. And especially in the climate that we're in now, like clean everything, clean it all. Makeup brush is a big one for me though. I try to do it once a week, but if I forget, it can really impact my skin and breakouts and things like that. And the more you think about it, the more gross it is really if you leave it a bit long or if you're carrying them around in a makeup bag. So my brushes for my clients and my kit bag always cleaned. I always spot clean in between clients, but I like to take enough brushes. If I've got four clients, every client has their own set of brushes. Once I use, they go into a bag and I wash them with like antibacterial soap when I get home. With regards to my brushes, I brush like so eye brushes, I always clean in between every look. But face brushes that I blend out cream products with, I don't clean them for myself as often as I maybe should. Oh, how how often are you talking? I would probably say that my cream product brushes and powder products for the face, I would probably clean, full deep clean once a month. And in between, if the product gets built up a bit too much, I'll wipe off with like a towel, a little bit of like, alcohol get some of the excess off and then go again because i kind of for myself like i i bounce around so many different colors and layers when i'm transforming from this into my drag self that i almost like 
extra bits of product and it just helps keep everything so seamless as I'm like bouncing around my face if that makes sense yeah and it's made me feel way better that's perfect yeah because I almost like the amount of blush that's left on a brush rather than even putting it in mm-hmm. the in the blush again I just like the little leftover bits yeah and like another thing that I always do is even if my brush is brand new I never put a brush with no product to my face think about it you have a clean brush you dip it in powder for your bronzer it goes on your face so with foundation I will put a little bit of foundation on the back of my hand, work it into the brush, and then I'll start buffing it out on my face. Same with my sponge. If I've applied from my concealer one straight to my under eye, I'll then put some of it on the back of my hand, blend my sponge in it first, and then buff it in. I don't want any product absorbed into my tools. I just want everything to stay on my face, and it makes everything more malleable, and you can really get that smooth transition from concealer to blush to highlight to contour to bronzer to foundation to whatever you know yeah okay i'm in for this i'm not even gonna wash my brushes for the next six months there we go you gave me me commission (laughs) okay and we will be right back after this okay so we are back and our third piece of advice let's talk about self-care so what is your best piece of self-care advice take that well-needed break you do not need an excuse you do not need to question you don't need to answer to anyone if you feel like you need a break take the damn break because there's so many times where I've just worked and worked and worked through and tried to push myself through mental blocks feeling burnt out feeling emotionally drained feeling depressed sad you name it you try and push through it and sometimes you actually need to say no I'm going to take a break so like now every year for the most part, for the last two years I've done it, when it gets to December, I don't really film any content. Like whatever I've got left over, I use that for my Instagram to keep it ticket over. But I grow a beard. I go all just kind of, my roots are like me doing like the law because I'm just like, I don't care. Like I just, I'm having downtime, like take the downtime. Also, I love that you reserve yourself that total escape and downtime. And I think the thing is with the daily pressures is you think, oh, I could be doing this. I should be doing this. But that isn't, I don't think, productive to your best work either. Like I always feel like I work best when I've had downtime. You can think of ideas, whatever it is that you might do or work in. And I don't think we give ourselves, like allow ourselves to just accept downtime and enjoy it. Yeah. And the best investment you can make is in yourself because I can always tell that when I'm working, if I'm run down or I'm in need of a break, I'm slower. So if I'm rhinestoning some shoes or a wig for a look, I'll be taking longer to do it because I just can't mentally keep myself in the zone. If I'm doing makeup looks, sometimes I've taken hours longer because I'm just procrastinating and getting distracted. And then I'm like, right, I need to take a break. You know, and Mm. I think a lot of the time as humans, we just want to please people or not be quote unquote lazy, but like it's our, it's literally our life. And I don't owe you or you or you an explanation. And the one rule that I really live by is it's okay just to say no. Absolutely. No, I don't have to explain myself to you. The answer is no, done. We don't owe anything to anyone. And I think when you get out of, the mindset that you owe explanations to everyone and you owe anything to people 
once you set yourself free of that, it's just like you wake up every day and you're just like, oh, okay. I've got this. Yeah. And it's so freeing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. What a brilliant piece of advice. 100%. And for your fourth piece of advice, hair advice, what would your best piece of hair advice be? Invest in those good shampoos. Because honestly, you know, you know, makeup used to be a thing in makeup where people would, cheap makeup was okay. And you would only, you'd feel luxurious if you would like buy like that expensive Dior lipstick or that expensive piece of makeup. And you'd be like, oh my God, it's so special. It's so sacred. So why don't we look at that with hair care? Mm. You're buying these cheaper shampoos and conditioners. And then you're wondering why your hair is so textured and not, you know, like being in its natural form or it's not smoothing out the way you want or it's not sitting right, whether you have... So, like, my nan has super tight, bouncy hair. My mum's more natural in wavy, and I'm, like, poker straight hair. It's, like, find what works for your hair and make sure that you're using, like, good quality ingredients in it because when I've, like, run out of, like, my good shampoos, like, I've been using the Hask. So the brand is called Hask. And they do really nice shampoos and conditioners, but I'm using like a really active one at the moment and like really massage and mask up when I do it. And after I've washed with that, my hair's so lightweight, it's so soft. Like I can wet it, put it in my hat, take my hat off, and it just falls into my curtains and it's all like good to go. Versus when I use like a, uh, when I've run out and I use like one of a cheaper shampoo that I've got lying around, my hair feels heavier and it like is more like clumpier and. And you really notice the difference. Yeah, like good shampoo and conditioner is like, is a must. It's interesting though you say that. And I'd say majority of my, yeah, friends would spend a lot on a lipstick. Yeah. Definitely. But they they wouldn't so much with hair care. Yeah, like I know people who will like, I think it comes to like, it's not even expensive, but I think it's like 20 pounds for the shampoo and the conditioner. And people are like, 20 pounds on shampoo and conditioner? But they'll go and spend £18 on a single lipstick, you know? Mm-hmm. The, math, the math's not mathing. Like, <laughs> the math's not adding up. It's not. The same mindset that we have for luxurious makeup or luxurious makeup brushes or designer items of clothing. Why doesn't it carry over to hair care? You know, why do people not understand, like, hair costs money to maintain? It constantly grows. You need to keep it refract. You know what I mean? Like... Take more care of your hair. Take more care of your hair. And I think there's like a big trend in the past year has been like with scalp care as well, which is something I've been trying to do mm-hmm. more of. Yeah. Like, and I think as well, like you want more volume in your hair. You want the hair to feel softer and bouncy. And it's like, if you've got that clean scalp, that's encouraging all that fresh growth coming through. It's setting you up to like build the foundation of like gorgeous hair. You know, like it's important. And I just want the foundation of gorgeous hair. That's, that's all I want. Yeah. I'm going with that. <laughs> okay. So, fifth piece of advice, and you wanted to talk about fragrance. So, what is your best piece of fragrance advice? Oh, uh, see, fragrance is like a new one to me because I always thought fragrances were very expensive. Why do I need to smell like a bunch of flowers or a piece of vanilla or whatever? I was just like, no, I don't need to buy that. And Someone who I've met through Instagram, she's called Mona and she owns Kayali, which is a fragrance brand, which is part of the um, Huda Beauty, like kind of franchise of um, companies. 
and she's really, really sweet. And she launched a fragrance brand and she would send me, you know, bottles of her fragrances as like, uh, thanks for supporting Huda Beauty and us try the new fragrances. And I always thought you wore one fragrance and her fragrance line is designed that you mix and match. So you would buy her vanilla base fragrance and you've got a beautiful vanilla base and then she would do she's brought a new one out which is like an a sweet apple scent so you could be a sweet apple for one day or mix them together you vanilla and apple so it was <laughs> yeah, like the this, combo killer combo like, yeah literally it was like this mixology vibe of everything i love like i think you've just got to be able to get your mind in tune with it so like i love mixing all the different makeup and things and bats to get me into drag and fragrance kind of became that new little obsession where i was like oh i've got like some like spicy oud fragrance and i can mix it with like this vanilla one and then that can be my base and then i can put something lighter over the top and like fragrances are really fun and you can make yourself you always remember if someone smells good you really do, yeah. Like, you really do. Like, I, I, I don't know if you know this, but, like, or you've ever heard this, but people always say how incredible Rihanna smells. Like, everyone always says she smells like the most incredible person they've ever smelled, right? I want someone to say that about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. She's a great singer, she's a great performer. Still. What do we need to buy? Yeah. Literally. So I was like, I should do that more. And it also makes you feel, it makes me feel more like, a body for the day like i'm like all right great like got a killer outfit on my hair's done my skin's looking great and i smell delicious and it's it's the whole package yeah like i think fragrance is personal but i say my advice for that would be just get creative get mixing and make your own unique scent so like i have for when i'm in drag i always wear a vanilla base with thierry mugler angel and that's one of my it's my signature drag scent i always wear it in drag so i put the vanilla base on first it gives a little bit of body and then the nice angel over the top that's like my drag every day as a boy i do an apple base scent with something a little bit spicy over the top and then when i go out as a boy i do something more food based so it's a bit more heavier and then i put like something sweet in there at the same time so it's kind of like sexy but like sweet and that helps my mood feel better about myself so like i'm like i smell myself and i'm like oh i do feel sexy or i do feel like sweet a hundred percent and how i feel with fragrances you put your mind in the frame so if i want like a confidence boost i will wear a certain kind of fragrance to go for a job interview or want to feel want to feel like you say like badass if you want to feel sexy you might want to wear something else so you can choose your fragrance to kind of heighten that how you would dress for, you know, power dress or something like that. So yeah, I think fragrance is very transformative and how you feel. No, it is. And like, for me, it, have you seen the film Devil Wears Prada? Like, you must have seen of that. Course, like, of yeah. course, So you know the scene where like Anne Hathaway is like walking through the town and her outfit keeps changing, but she's like had the style makeover. She's now wearing the Chanel boots and <laughs> she has the outfits and everything. And every, every clip she's in a different yeah. outfit. So like my bedroom, has like a walk-in wardrobe and and then my bathroom is through my wardrobe so you walk through it so like i'll go in my bathroom and i'll shower brush my teeth skincare a little bit of like bb cream or whatever walk into my wardrobe put my outfit on and then i like pick through my scent and it it makes me feel like the unhalfway vibe of like i'm walking through the different rooms like getting myself together to then like leave and have that beautiful day in the city whether it's just me going to grab 
a coffee in city center or if me and my boyfriend are walking over to our friends for like a day and night of cooking it's just it just adds to the fantasy that's one thing i would say is me is that like my life or my ethos is just I'm living the fantasy of what I want to live. Love it. And the fragrance is your finishing touch. Yeah. The little just good to go. Amazing. Well, we finish each episode with a bit of a lighthearted note to finish on. And I ask about your biggest beauty blunder. Mm-hmm. Are there any funny stories that you would like to share? The only real thing, and it's not really a blunder, it's just me being like naive and new, so to speak. But it was a sense of when... I was the first started working with Val and she would use all this terminology, which I'd never heard before. And it was just sort of me being like a fish out of water. Like we were at like Cannes Film Festival and she started using all this terminology and I was just stood there being like, (laughs) do we have like subtitles? Is someone going to give me like a, a dictionary with like the explanations of everything and like, where is the guidelines? And I was just kind of like taken aback where I was just kind of like, whoa, like I really feel out of place here. Like that imposter syndrome kind of thing. No, just, I always just nod and pretend I know exactly what they're talking about. They're like, yeah, Google it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the only other thing which I can say of is like where I look back now and I'm like, eesh, is I got to attend the red carpet for Maleficent too and I got to meet Angelina Jolie on the red carpet and I wore a lot of very bright under eye concealer that day and I'm stood there with the actual queen like I'm obsessed with Angelina Jolie so I'm stood there with her and the cameras are going off and we get the Getty images back and I'm very very stark white in the face because I just went a little bit too heavy and I'm just very like on oh, the concealer, and you want to—that's the—you want to be framing that as well. Oh, I mean, you and Angie, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> like, I, but yeah. Other than that, like, I think nothing's really a blunder because you makeup wipes off. No, oh, a hundred percent with makeup as well. I mean, I've definitely had some fake tan disasters. Oh, me and my boyfriend literally—I sent him a TikTok the other day because this girl was being using her boyfriend's sock as a fake tan and he didn't know and thought he had like a foot disease because he'd been wearing the fake tan oh, sock no. <laughs> and that I'm like my oh. boyfriend wears fake tan and I literally sent him and I was like why is this going to be us reviewing the fake tan oh my god brilliant I need to find that send it to my husband oh, that's so, so funny oh good old fake tan blunders uh, well brilliant thank you so much thank you for coming on thank you for all of your amazing advice uh, and thank you to everyone for listening yeah thanks for having me thanks for being with us on this episode of grazia beauty life lessons if you have enjoyed listening please tell your friends about us and as ever with podcasts please subscribe and give us a rating it all helps to spread the word see you next time